Uh, each Monday, 9 o'clock hour, we like to talk our Paso Wine Hour. Thanks to our friends at Paso Wine and uh, the podcast that I do with Paso Wine called Where Wine Takes You. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. It is now one of the top 10 wine podcasts in the nation, downloaded in all 50 states. 75-plus countries are listening to this, and it's all about Paso Wine Country. It's the coolest thing. And the latest episode, we talked to Daniel Callen, who's the winemaker for Thatcher. Also has got a side hustle, his own brand called Slam Dance Cooperative. And uh, then we also talked to Molly Longborg. Now, Molly is the winemaker for Alta Kalina, and she's got her own side hustle called Little Soul. And that was kind of the theme. We were talking to uh, both these winemakers together about kind of having that day job. And and, um, mind you, both these winemakers, their day jobs, they work for pretty badass wineries. Thatcher and Alta Kalina, um, they've had great reputations and been making world-class wine before both these winemakers joined on. But it's also undeniable to say that both of these winemakers have improved on these brands and it's been a it's been a win-win for both the brand and the winemaker to be involved with these brands but also i know that uh, uh maggie and bob at alta kalina just love having molly there and obviously sherm and uh, michelle love what daniel is doing at thatcher so it's really cool to see these marriages go and and then but then to see these winemakers molly and daniel respectively kind of wanting to do their own thing and having that that desire and that pull of their heart to want to express uh, something completely on their own and put it under a cork. So here we are, Molly Longborg from Alta Kalina and Little Soul, also Daniel Callen from Thatcher and Slam Dance Cooperative. I think we come into the conversation, we're talking about Pet Nat. We had Daniel's tank top. It's a yeast feast, yeah. you know? <laughs> you got a little more yeast, you got a little more protein in there. We all there. need more probiotics anyway. Exactly. So. It's going to help you. What is the, um, and we're going to get into the, uh, the Slam Dance wine after this next one that we're pouring, this is Little Soul. This is the Carbonic Pinot Noir. But I'm curious, Molly, where do you see? Do you have like a five-year plan? You're like, hey, let's just do this, yeah. this, or what do you? No, think? I I want to keep crafting this wine because it's it's exactly what I like to drink. Yeah, you know, I like to drink rosé and I like to drink carbonic wines. I like low alcohol red wines. That were you worried can be being a like chilled. a really esteemed winemaker here, but you're putting Pinot in a bottle from Paso? Were you worried like I'm going to have to explain this, or people are just going to get it because they know me they know that i wouldn't do it if it didn't work i mean if i was trying to make a red you know then for sure i would be probably self-conscious but i'm not i'm doing carbonic it's a different style of winemaking completely for someone who doesn't get it break it down yeah so you know typical red wine again we either de-stem or go whole cluster but you're constantly moving the juice over those skins right the skin is where we get all of our colors and flavors out of and so you know when you hear terms that we pump over or punch down the tanks and so you're really moving the fruit a lot to extract those colors and flavors usually have a lot of oxygen you can inoculate with yeast you can let the native yeast go for it. Um, at Alta, we're native as well, just like Daniel was talking about. Um, but carbonic is totally different. So carbonic does not mean a carbonated wine. No. It's a style of winemaking. And the carbonic maceration is most commonly associated with Beaujolais. So Beaujolais Nouveau is 100% carbonic. Um, the pr- Most Beaujolais wines are a partial carbonic fermentation or maceration. And so what it is, is it's a fermentation that occurs in the absence of oxygen. And so to make a wine, you pretty much take the whole clusters and you just layer them in a 
tank or in my case, I don't have tanks. So I just put them in a bin. With dry ice. With dry ice. And then I Which wrap- is just frozen. It's like just CO2 emitting yeah, all the time. Exactly. It's just kind of melting out CO2. And then wrap the whole thing in plastic wrap. If you're in a tank, you can seal it up. And at first, it actually starts with an enzymatic reaction that occurs inside the berry. And then that will cause the berry to slightly break open. And then the native yeast will just take over and it'll start fermenting. So it's really fun. I usually, this wine I sealed up for four weeks, so a full month. Um, Usually I'm somewhere in that three to four week range. Um, I will open them once or twice during that time just to kind of put my nose in there, make sure that nothing's going off and that everything's, you know, smelling right. And it's so fun. You pop one of those berries in your mouth. And it's literally a sparkling berry. No way, really? So that fermentation is happening inside the berry. And so you get much less extraction, um, and then you get a very different flavor profile. So good. And for both of these wines, I pick them early. So, you know, they're all picked, you know, around 21 bricks. So they're both, you know, sub 14% alcohol. As Mark Goldberg called you to thank you. For continuing the, repu- <laughs> the reputation of Pinot Noir and making it cool here in Paso. He has not. Well, he- but I did reach out to him when I had did no you- fruit. <laughs> has he tasted this yet? No. He's got to taste I this. I don't know him personally. Oh, I do. I'm going to bring a bottle. I'm okay. going to buy a bottle of yours and bring it to him because he needs to try this. Uh, Daniel, what do you think of this carbonic Pinot Noir? It's super tasty. And I love, you know, even though it's carbonic Pinot and we think it, it like it has this great weight, great texture. Aromatics are banging on it. So yeah. It's a- yeah, I mean, this is right up my alley. This is exactly the sort of wine I like to drink. <laughs> this, is, this is like where Paso, and you know, it, it kind of takes that whole like renegade thing that Stefan was doing or that this person was doing, you know, decades ago and how they're putting their own blends together. And this is like the new school way. This is 2.0, 3.0 of doing that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's really neat, Molly. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and Daniel good. makes awesome carbonic as well. And I make carbonic for Alta Kalina as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that the one thing, when it, you know, Daniel, I was just talking about the differences between our wine brands, but I think one of the main similarities is that our goal for both of us is to get our wines out to as many people as possible. So, like, I sell my wines. It's I haven't released this vintage yet except for at the wine merchant, but it's $30 a bottle or 300 a case mix and match. So I just want to sell the wine and get it to as many people as possible. That's Team up with your friends, you know, like go in on a case. And um, and so like you were asking me about my business, my five-year plan. Right. My plan is to keep this very, very small, one and a half to two tons of fruit. So literally making my rosé at 30 or 40 cases and the carbonic around 60 or 80 cases. And ideally just pre-selling it all. You know, having enough people where I can put out, put a shout out in December January and say, hey, here's my bottling date. Who wants in? And but what kind if of- like an Ember wants to come to you and says, man, I want some of this in my in my <laughs> restaurant. Are you down for that? Or do well, you, if you- it's Brian, of course. Right. See, that's what I'm saying. You keep some aside. And like Julie and Justin at the wine merchant, they're very good. And Shelby, they're very good friends of mine. Right. So of course, I'm going to save them some. You know, Troy at Van 13 has been asking for some of the carbonic. He was probably one of my, he was a very early <laughs> supporter of the carbonic. Um, so they'll be, they'll always be a little bit set aside for my special people in my life that want to carry it in the world. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so I think we're both trying to get the wine out to as many people as possible. We're just taking different avenues. Yeah, you don't want it to be something that you've 
heard of but never had the opportunity to cha- taste. You know, right. it's, um, Are you even old enough, Molly, to know what's on the front of your label? Oh, my gosh. Of course I am. <laughs> That's a boombox. Okay. That's I, a cassette boombox. It's a ghetto blaster. Yes. That's a ghetto blaster. That's like what okay. I used to record my voice on when I was a kid, <laughs> pretending yeah. I was on the radio when I was Dude, like 12. Literally, I'm, I, I'm kicking myself because I didn't save from high school. I had one of those like suitcases that you undo that holds all your cassette tapes. Oh, my God. I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, we used to tape over the edges of the tape so that you could put it in. And then when you were listening to the radio, you'd hit record yeah. and you could like record your song. Uh-huh. That's so good. Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, yeah. So this is really special to me. The picture on here. I call this the old school. Um, it's I call this wine old school, which is kind of a nod to Beaujolais. But it's also one of my best friends from growing up did this as a wood carving. Um, And so you can't see what we're talking about, but it's an old boom box and you can kind of tell it's on a guy's shoulder. But like when you see the wood carving and then you would paint the ink on it and then it prints. Yeah. Kind of like the old chronic... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And That's so a really she, cool form of art. She gave me, she did this. She like randomly took a wood carve, wood block carving class in college and gave me a print. It's uh-huh. been, hang, it's been above my record player forever. And I so said, good. if I ever do a wine, this is going to be my wine. No label. way. Yeah. So I, I Has haven't she seen it. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. She got a case, a case co- of each wine right. for giving me her picture. That's so cool. And one right? of these days I'll, I'll be able to afford embossing and make it look really cool. But yeah, it was cool. a little expensive for my first that would be vintages. cool because then you could just throw a paint on it and roll it yeah. onto paper Ooh. and you could actually oh anyone shoot could make i could make home. you a tank top <laughs> i love a good tank top you know how much i you'll wear it forever you know how much i hate sleeves exactly. <laughs> I know. you could check out the conversation in full with both molly and daniel on uh, the latest episode of where wine takes you my podcast with paso wine it's available everywhere you get your podcast check your podcast app in your smartphone Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, iHeart, it's at Amazon, it's everywhere, right? So just check it out. Or you can go to PasoWine.com, check out where wine takes you. Again, this episode, Molly Lomborg, winemaker for Alta Kalina and her own brand, Little Soul, and Daniel Callen, winemaker for Thatcher, along with his own brand, Slam Dance Cooperative. It's a great episode. You don't want to miss it.